Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian joining you tonight. And Nick. And Mark. Well, will he make it or not? I don't know. He's got one of his volunteer firefighter things to go to tonight, so he might be pulling in here in the last half hour. So, uh, we'll take your calls as we always do. That is what the show is about. It's not necessarily about the hosts. It's about you. If you pick up your phone and dial 1-800-259-9231, you can get on the air and talk about whatever you want. Obviously, a lot of people are still buzzing about today's inauguration, the festivities, the ceremony, the millions of people that were on Washington DC or out in Washington DC today. I uh, woke up this morning, and of course, that was what the content was on the radio. And, and, you know, normally on this program, we don't necessarily cover the news of the day. Free Talk Live isn't a news talk show like most it's, talk it, shows. It's a current events show, but it's not, it is. it's not so much following the political horse race during a campaign or right. following the, the newest political scandal of the day. Yeah, whatever the, the, the top headlines are... If you're tuning into Free Talk Live to hear Free Talk Live's take on them every every night, you're probably going to not hear Free Talk Live's take on the top headlines most nights. I mean, that's just the way the show is. It's an open format program. You can call in about anything. So, I mean, if, if what you want is to have us give our opinion on the top headlines, you can call and ask for it, and we'll, we'll tell you. Uh, but usually we're talking about issues. And usually when we pick news items, it's something that excites us or interests us or... Uh, for whatever reason, just gets us interested in discussing those things. And, and that's very rarely the top stories. However, this, this Obama thing is just so huge. Sometimes the news is just so huge, we can't ignore it. And the fact is, people are talking about this. I mean, I was talking with my girlfriend today. She works at a, at a restaurant chain during the daytime. And I mean, people are coming up to her at, 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 behind the counter, and they're asking her, well, is your co- your company going to let you go home and watch the inauguration today? I mean, so they, people are just asking other people questions about this when they normally wouldn't broach subjects like right. that. Right, and people, I know people were talking about it at my work. People were watching it at lunch. Were I they? headed out. Yeah, I heard about it. And the one person who mentioned it to me said that it just seemed like people were way too fascinated with the inaugural speech. Like they weren't very, you know, they mm. weren't really into watching the inaugural speech, and they were surprised by just how dumbfounded people were. Apparently, people were clapping, even though it was on TV, and he can't hear, <laughs> he can't hear you. He's on the other side of that yeah. TV cable. Well, it must make them feel good to engage in that way, in, I, that, man, in that manner. I, I, I really don't, I really don't get it. I mean, it's just another inaugural event, but it's every, historical. Nick, well, it's historical because he is black. That's true. And that's what they keep saying. You know, they do keep saying it, and they don't actually talk about the issues at all, which kind of surprises me. And yeah. I, you know, I think it's a it's a distraction, in my opinion. I I think so too. I do. I'm glad that we are at a point in this country where we now know that a black man can be elected president. I agree actually with you. by a healthy margin. I like to know that we've come that far in terms of you know people looking past the color of somebody's skin. 
but 100% that doesn't agree really matter you. in term, terms of how he governs. There, yeah. you know, it doesn't mean he's going to govern poorly, and it doesn't mean he's going to govern well. All you have to do is look at what he said. And this is go- this kind of uh, ties into a, a sort of what has been a theme. We've had this bigoted caller calling in over the last week or so on the program, and and he continues to uh, to put it out there as though skin color matters, and it doesn't. What matters is, as uh, you know, Martin Luther King said, the content of one's character. What matters is one's choices, what one decides to do and say, and. You don't have to look much farther than what old Barack Obama has said. Uh, In fact, I was looking, I think it was normal, maybe it wasn't normal, a national organization for reform of marijuana laws or MPP, one of those marijuana organizations. They did a a little quote. They took a quote from Barack Obama from, I think, back in 2004 about marijuana. And he was talking about how, well, we need to take another look at the the way this country's laws, legalization, blah, blah, blah. Basically sounding like he was kind of open to the idea of changing the marijuana situation in this country in a more positive direction to where people wouldn't necessarily be incarcerated, that sort of thing. And today, the official answer from the Obama administration on marijuana is President Barack Obama does not support legalization. So in four years' time or in five years' time, his message has changed from, yeah, let's take a look at this and do something different to we're just going to keep the status quo. And, of course, the progressives uh, who were really behind this guy during his campaign have really now started to look at him and look what he's been doing with appointing Republicans to his uh, his cabinet or whatever, to the, his, these advisor positions, and, uh, and, and basically eschewing the, prog- the real progressives out there, essentially leaving them out in the cold. Uh, they've kind of figured out that this guy isn't who he claimed to be without him, him even getting into office yet. So really, it seems like the millions of people that are responding in the way that you were talking about, the clapping and the going to Washington, D.C. and getting excited, it seems like those people are just kind of the the political average. They aren't the, the ones that are paying close attention to who this guy is and what he says, like the, the, you know, the progressive fans were paying close attention have really been turned off by yeah, him. Yeah, I think particularly the anti-war left. I know that people, oh, who, yeah. their, their primary thing was the war. Well, yeah, he is going to draw down supposedly what he's saying today, which could change in the future and probably will, is that we're going to remove most combat forces from Iraq and I think he said 16 months. But I thought Bush, it was by the end of 2011. I, I think he might have ramped it up a little bit. Okay. But the fact is that the Bush administration had already signed an agreement to wind to down by 2011. So, what? I mean, what difference does that make? He, all he's doing right. is preserving the status quo. It's not like he's speeding it up. It's not like he's bringing troops home from Afghanistan. He's, there's going to be more troops in Afghanistan under <laughs> this administration. So, if you were an anti-war voter... You know, you. I will admit that George Bush was probably a lot more likely to go out and just outright invade another country. But we by, don't know. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> by no means is Barack Obama a non-interventionist. Correct. And so what will those people tell themselves, those people who were so against the Iraq war, what are they going to tell themselves when it's 2010, first year of Barack Obama's presidency has occurred, when it's 2010 and there are still people dying in Iraq and Afghanistan. People, not just uh, American people, but people. 
people are still dying in some U.S. government conflict in Iraq and Afghanistan. What are they going to tell themselves then? Well, Barack Obama's a good man, and he's trying to withdraw the troops. He's doing his best. He came into this uh, position saying he would pull them out, and uh, and he's doing his best, even if he hasn't pulled out hardly anybody. Will they, will they just give him total credit for moving in that direction? Will he will he just be able to take all the credit and, and say, yes, you know, this is uh, the legacy of my administration is ending the war in Iraq, even he though will, nothing has really ended. He will take the credit, yeah. but I think a lot of the real anti-war activists will be disappointed, and they'll even go so far as to criticize him. I hope they do. But I hope I th- they will. But I think the average college student out there who voted for him mm-hmm. and considers themselves a liberal or a progressive will make excuses, because they're going to be told... I I hate to say it because I don't like to criticize people in general. I don't like to attack the American people or any group of people I'm talking to. But the American people seem to take politicians at what they're saying far more than they should. And if Barack Obama is saying, well, we're drawing down troops as much as possible. And I mean, he's a very good speaker. And I really think he's going to be able to cover his tracks Mm -hmm. when he lets down whether it's his base or whether he's talking to moderates or his opponents. I think he's going to do a very good job of using flowery language to cover himself up, and that's going to work on the average person. I mean, George Bush, even if you liked him, you can't say the guy was a great public speaker. And that goes a long way when you're a politician. A lot of people aren't going to do the digging to see what what you're actually about. They may not remember what he said. I mean, they're not going to dig into a program to see whether or not it's actually doing what you're saying it's doing. If you create a new welfare program and you say it's helping middle-class Americans, most people are just going to go, oh, well, you said you created a program that's helping middle-class Americans. It must be doing that. And they're not actually going to look to see if that's the effect it's having. Toll-free number for you and your thoughts on what you experienced today. What was going on in your world with this inauguration? Were you at a government school? Were there activities all day long focusing around this as it sounded like there might be at government schools? What about your workplace? What was the environment like? What were uh, the people around you doing? What was your experience today? 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So enjoy those, including the updates. You get signed up. We will keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Dot com And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It is a movement of thousands of liberty-loving people all to the same geographic region. New Hampshire was the chosen region. And those uh, people will be moving here. Hundreds of them have already moved. Many more are coming, but we need more. We need you, if you love liberty, to really take a close look at the Free State Project and get signed up and join us up here in New Hampshire. Become an activist and uh, help us achieve liberty in our lifetime. You can also learn more at freestateproject.org. Uh, plus, get a, uh, get more information about the upcoming Liberty Forum, which is a great opportunity to not only come up to New Hampshire, but meet hundreds of some of the people that are, are already here, as well as uh, a lot of people that are also, like you, considering moving to New Hampshire. 
You can do that over at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. It's coming up the first weekend in March. Uh, you'll be able to come here and, again, not only meet those people, but meet some big liberty-oriented celebrities like uh, Glenn Jacobs. Uh, you might know him as WWE's Kane, Dr. Mary Ruart from the book Healing Our World, and so many more. Uh, to still, I think still the keynote speaker is to be announced. I believe they're, they're still holding a big name back, and we'll certainly let you know when that happens. Uh, Richard Heller, another kind of big name. He's a Free State Project member, and he was in Involved in the Heller versus DC uh, gun case from back in 2008 over the summertime, which was pretty big news. So he's going to be there. So newsmakers and hundreds of activists all in the same hotel, convention style atmosphere, lots of social uh, socializing, networking, and great opportunities to have a good time. FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum. Use our discount code to save yourself 10%. The code is uh, 2009 FTL. That's 2009 FTL at freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum. We go to your phone calls. What was your experience today? Perhaps as you were out and about doing your usual thing, whether it's going to work or you might have been spending the day at home or maybe you're out shopping, whatever you did today, what was your experience considering there was so much attention being paid to the inauguration of Barack Obama? Were people just talking about it just openly? Were they asking you things? What did you experience today? Let's talk to starting with Tom in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Of course. Uh, you noticed that they got the oath of office wrong. Did I they? Mean, I didn't right? watch it. I didn't really watch I, I think I overheard some of his speech while I was in the bathroom at a, at a government building today because I went out with uh, Lauren Canario to do some activism today, but I didn't really watch. What, what did they get wrong? Yeah, they got the word faithfully. He's supposed to faithfully execute the office, and instead they said he was going to execute the office faithfully. Uh, you, you would think they would rehearse this a little bit beforehand. Uh, the guy goes, you, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear. And when he paused after the name, Barack Hussein Obama started talking. He thought that was the, the mouthful that he was supposed to repeat. But mm-hmm. they, the, the dude still hadn't finished reciting the mouthful. Uh, his name is John Roberts, by the way. And here's a trivia question. What's his job title? Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States? Wrong. Chief Justice of the United States. Okay. Yep. So you're saying that if the... Now, what does it mean, Tom? I mean, if they didn't say the oath correctly, does that mean he didn't really swear an oath? Uh, He did not get properly sworn in, and uh, constitutionally, he's not allowed to discharge any powers of Congress. But, of course, you know how much... They care about that. He's off to you know a typical start for a president nowadays, uh, uh, following the Constitution. Uh, not yeah. very well. Just you know, la di da, go through the ceremonies and pretend it. But so what if they uh, you know just get it wrong? I mean, I suppose he could do it again, do it over. But I think he already signed some papers as president, and those would be null and void or put into question. It's an interesting so, observation. I thank you for the call today, Tom. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Maybe lend some credence. Uh, to those who say that the government is not the government that it once was, uh, that, that well, back, you know, a uh, hundred or two hundred years ago, things were done more accurately, and they actually tried to follow the Constitution. In this case, he's saying they even got the oath wrong. I heard that part of it, and they they should have started over from the beginning. How significant that is, I mean, I can't say that Thomas Jefferson or Washington didn't screw up the oath when they took it either. It might just not have gone mm-hmm. out live to the whole nation. It certainly didn't. didn't know. <laughs> we continue with Ziggy in the UK. You're on Free Talk Live. Ziggy. Yeah, I've got two points. Yes, sir. Um, firstly, um, 
20 years ago, I was protesting outside the South African embassy. And, you know, I never thought that Mandela would be president of South Africa any day, let alone that the leader, the so-called leader of um, the free world would be a black man. And so I do think it is a great step forward that America has elected um, someone who's black. Um, however, there is, a, uh, there is one thing which does uh, dis uh, disturb me slightly about Obama, that? and that is, though he thinks rights should be afforded to blacks, he doesn't seem to think that equal rights should apply to homosexuals. Really? He, uh, he, what makes he, you say that? Well, first of all, didn't he? Uh, he there was a pastor who uh, was giving uh, a prayer who was meant to be anti-gay marriage yes. and um, pro-life. I heard about that, so they still had him do that today, huh? Uh, yeah, and I think Obama has said that though he's for civil unions, he's not for actual gay marriage. Yeah, it, uh, as I recall, we talked about this on the show. Uh, him choosing that particular conservative pastor was a real slap in the face uh, to the LGBT community that really got behind Obama during his campaign. And then and then he chooses this vehemently anti-gay pastor. Yeah, I, I find it, I find it uh, a little hypocritical. It's more um, than a little hypocritical, but it is the political game. He's yeah. trying to appeal to evangelicals, essentially. It's an insult to Well, I would tell you here that that sort of thing wouldn't happen. You know, politicians are more respectful towards homosexuals now here. Wait, uh, in, uh, in the UK? Yeah. Oh, well, Even the conservative leader, you know, stood up at conferences and says he, he was proud to support civil unions and that gay people should have marriage. Thank you for pointing that out, Ziggy, and thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. So that's another way that we were talking about at the beginning of the hour of how this guy has essentially turned right around on the people that supported him and stabbed them in the back already before he did all these things before he was even inaugurated. So who knows what he's going to do next? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to try to institute a lot of progressive programs. So essentially he's going to try to grow the size of government. And sure I like is. the analogy that Marx used. I, I think Jimmy Carter is probably going to be roughly analogous to Barack Obama. I, I know a lot of people are trying to talk about Barack Obama being the next FDR or JFK, but I think he's going to fall flat on a lot of the programs he tries to push through, which I, I'm glad about. I, I hope he doesn't manage to do all the things he wants to do, because by and large, he, he said in his speech stuff about returning accountability to government and doing away with programs that don't work. Don't they but always talk about that stuff? Even the small government politicians, the supposedly small government politicians, like George Bush was going to try to shrink the size of government. Yeah. And he didn't do it. So the guy <laughs> who wants to grow the size of government and says that openly is definitely not going to do it. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. What was your experience today? What were your observations? Did you watch or listen to uh, the ceremony? I would love to hear your thoughts because I know I didn't. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com.
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Those features include the shrine of female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. You can see it for yourself. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Plus, SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL C-A-I. Talking about uh, what seems like a lot of people are talking about, and that is the election of, uh, or rather the inauguration of one so-called President Barack Obama. A lot of people buzzing about this today. People at work were, in many cases, allowed to stay home so they could watch this. Uh, In many workplaces, there were televisions set up so people could watch this. We had heard from, uh, we had heard that a lot of government schools would be doing inauguration day activities. And in fact, I was uh, was wondering what your experience was. If you want to share it with us, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, because they, this is big. I mean, people are are talking about this, and uh, so wondering what you experienced today. What was it like for you at your workplace or at school? I got an instant message from one of my producers who says that at uh, his siblings' school, or rather three three of his siblings, they go to different schools. He says they all had to watch the inauguration. The class periods were extended, so they didn't miss anything. The kids even had to stand when the people in the actual live location in Washington, D.C. were standing. That's kind of spooky. It is. And one has to wonder why are we, not we, but why are most people in America giving so much deference to one politician? Why is it such a big deal when the president is inaugurated, but they're not making a big deal out of the new congressmen who are being mm. sworn in? And why isn't it a big deal when a new judge is sworn into the Supreme Court? I mean, to me, Valid questions. to me, it seems scary because we already have an executive that is much, much stronger than it was ever meant to be. And, you know, people were voicing concern about Bush becoming a dictator. I think it's much more likely to happen when you have a country that's united behind a leader. Everybody thinks, well, this guy is great. Well, that's certainly not everybody have. thinks that. Most, I but, think he has an 84% approval rate is that at right? the moment. Something like that. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard the numbers are pretty significant, and, and I think that can be good, and I touched on this last night. I think it's good that a lot of people are really jazzed up about this guy, because when he starts to, to bomb, as all presidents do, uh, then it will really dash some people's hopes on the rocks, and maybe, just maybe, a small percentage of them will come to the conclusion that this whole government thing isn't what it's cracked up to be and that the next guy won't do anything differently. But I don't know that that accomplishes anything. Most people who come to that conclusion, and there are a lot of them, don't become activists for liberty. They That's just true. become apathetic and they don't care and they don't do anything all i can hope is that they'll come to that conclusion and then stumble across free talk live or something like that uh but let's go to your thoughts on this i want to hear what you have to say and let's go to gino who is on the line in texas no he's not i'm sorry about that let's continue and talk to rod in north carolina rod you are on free talk live hi gentlemen hey rod what's on your mind tonight uh 
what's happening. This is uh, interesting. This is my first night being off from work and being able to listen to you. It's snowy here in North Carolina, and when that happens down south, we can't drive. <laughs> you can't drive? Uh, no, some of us can't anyway. So, I see. Uh, they ended up pretty much shutting down uh, a shift at my work you know, for the day, so I'll be in tonight. And thank goodness I'm, I'm able to get to you. So what's on your mind tonight? Uh, wanted to talk about this inauguration and hear this perspective from uh, a black man. I hate to say African American. I can't stand it. Okay. <laughs> but uh, for me, someone who's pro liberty like myself and and also black, it's <laughs> it's something else. I've watched this exercise and collectivist speak today. It's what I could stand of it. Mm. And uh, yeah, it, it's kind of frustrating. I love seeing my people being happy. The use of collectivist phrase like that. Yeah. But Seeing them being happy about the state is just frustrating. Uh, happy about pretty much uh, an organization that's just parasitical, that feeds on the free market, that feeds on liberty. And it's an organization that's never really done any favors for uh, for black people. I mean, it no. positions itself as though it is. It positions itself as the friend of the downtrodden. It positions itself as the friend of, of uh, people that are in a, a poorer segment of uh, the economic uh, world. But in reality, it isn't their friend. And in no. reality, the government with its regulations is one of the most uh, difficult things for, uh, for, for instance, a poor black person or even poor white p- person or, or Hispanic or whatever uh, to overcome. I mean, having g- those regulations is something that really keeps people from being entrepreneurs and creating wealth for themselves. And that hits uh, poor people really hard. Definitely. Uh, regulation is definitely a uh, small business killer. Right, and I'm not and, suggesting that, that black people are necessarily uh, generally poor, but the, but the reality is that they had a real tough start in America, as we all know, and right. then when they got their so-called freedom from the plantation to move on to the larger plantation with the rest of us, mm-hmm. uh, when they got that freedom, they weren't able to really take full advantage of it because of the regulation. So a lot of them, many of whom might have wanted to be an entrepreneur and open up their own business, were, were essentially stopped dead in their tracks by the government system, whether it was the feds or the local boys, uh, essentially the the racism continues to be just, it it continues to be locked into the system and very, very subtle now. It's not as obvious as it used to be, but it's still there in that those folks are prevented from creating better life for themselves. Definitely. Um, I try to discuss these issues at work. Um, uh, I'm a student of Austrian economics and I mean, you know, like I said before, I'm sitting here watching this inauguration. Well, I could deal with it. I just kind of watched his speech. I waited to that particular point. And I have to say, the guy gives great speeches, but mm-hmm. it's like trying to put polish on a turd. <laughs> I mean, the corner phrase, you know, excuse me, but you know, I just had to, to put it in those, that, those terms. Yeah. Because, you know, I know when he says things like, oh, we're going to try to create jobs and put people back to work, government can't do that. They can create busy work, but they can't create wealth. Correct. And it's like watching my people marching with smiles on their faces. Like I said, I'm enjoying that and it seems like they're so enthused and so full of energy. I know where it comes from, but it's like watching them marching with a grin right into the slaughterhouse. What are they going to do when they, uh, when your, for like, I mean, I'm using your terms, your people, uh, when they find out they've been sold down the river? Oh. Probably a lot of them may make excuses. Some of them may be able to come to terms with finally that, you know, hey, government doesn't work, 
period. I don't care who's in there. Yeah, right. It doesn't matter if it's a yeah. woman or or a black guy or a small child or a truck driver or whoever it is that, that you yep. put behind the, the wheel of government. Uh, it's a it's an agency of coercion. It's an agency of force. And while there may be a chance, a small chance, that mm-hmm. the person that happens to be in charge will somehow wield that force that in a way that could benefit you, there is always that chance. It's not very likely, <laughs> and it's certainly not likely if you're in the underprivileged uh, classes of uh, of America. I mean, what, 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 there's a news story about the inauguration and how the VIP seats all went to the rich and wealthy. Well, wait a minute. Yeah. I mean, if you're the friend of the, the common man, as many Democrats purport to be, why didn't you give those seats away to some homeless people exactly. or something? Right. Uh, they were definitely doing all they can to sweep people like that aside. I could, I could tell that pretty much from what I, I saw of the event that uh, they wanted to pretty much put, I guess, what they consider their best and brightest forward. But I was just making, I trying to make the point to some people. He spoke about change the whole time during this whole campaign, mm-hmm. him, John McCain, both of those numbskulls, and, and, you know, it's change that's really, well, more of the same, like Ron Paul put it. It's not real change. It's a debate that we never really get to have in this country uh, about, you know, government and its size. And I've, I've heard this said before that a government large enough to give you everything that you want is also large enough to take everything from you. You're absolutely right, and it seems like they do the latter most often. And I thank you for the call, the insights tonight. Really appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts with your experience today, your observations of this whole inauguration madness. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want just by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, well, you can join the AMP program. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is you send us three bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the program, getting on more radio stations around the world, uh, or the, around the country and around the world, bringing more Internet listeners on board, helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So uh, so during the, uh, the the presidency of Barack Obama, we will be as critical as we've always been. I mean, if you've been with the show before tonight, uh, before uh, during the George Bush presidency, you know we are very critical of him. This is not a one-sided program. You know if, uh, if you're a long-time listener that Free Talk Live really is an open format where you can call in and talk about anything, and we really do uh, take a pro-liberty position on the issues, and that does not, it's not a show that worships politicians of any sort. And so you can expect that over the next four years, we will continue to be as critical of the state as we always have, if not ever more so than uh, than ever. So get behind the AMP program, get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. That again, amp.freetalklive.com. And don't forget to go and visit Nick on his show, Free Minds Radio. Uh, you can hear it every Sunday live from 3 to 5 o'clock in the afternoon. That's Eastern Time. And you can hear it live on the Free Talk Live internet streams. So just tune in like you would listen to Free Talk Live, and you'll hear Free Minds Radio. Some of the listeners listening right now may have heard us pop on onto the stream when we 
started doing our live show because we do it from the studio, so it's mm-hmm. obviously going to go out over the Free Talk Live stream. And if you don't want to listen live, you can always go to freemindsradio.com and grab the archives and the podcast and watch some of their video from their television show, Free Minds TV. Again, that's freemindsradio.com. As we continue with your phone calls, and we talk to Todd in Michigan. Todd, you are on Free Talk Live. Hey, Ian. Um, 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 how's it going, guys? Just super, Todd. Good. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, I just wanted to talk about this whole inauguration business, and I have to say that uh, the flooding that Obama um, committed uh, during his inauguration um, oath of office that he was giving today, when I saw that on Yahoo News, I, I wasn't watching it live, and I was watching the the replay of it, I was just, I, I just couldn't stop snickering the entire time. What flubbing are you referring to? I mean, I have not seen um, this. Uh, Obama flubbing his um, oath of office, um, where he was supposed to repeat back to Justice Robertson, I guess. Uh, Roberts? Roberts. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, that little flub there. And also, um, here's the interesting thing that has not been reported on the news. It turns out Obama's first act in office, he signed three documents, including a proclamation declaring a day of national renewal and reconciliation. What's that mean? Um, and of course, you know, it's not nothing new, really, because three presidents before have actually done this. But incidentally, this one is urging Americans to serve each other, basically. Hmm. There's a big which emphasis a, on service. Well, well, now what's wrong with serving people? It's, I mean, I serve people in my job. That's it, what that's I do. That's not it's what they're talking serve about. Serve you with this show. You yeah, can listen to it. It's talking. service. Hmm? That's not what they're talking about, Ian. What he's talking about is national service. Oh, yeah. Oh, that means slavery. That means where you go and you actually uh, are forced to work for a government bureaucracy, right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, we know he's been proposing that. It's an awful idea. Hey, Todd, quick question. Uh, when you were in high school, and I was in high school, I got out in 1998. When you were in high school, do you ever remember, or even middle school, or any time you were in government school, do you ever remember watching an inauguration during your class and having to stand up during it at the times the uh, the crowd stood? You know, that's a great question. Um I remember something like that. I think it was uh, when I was in grade school. I remember uh, at the time of um, Ronald Reagan, when, um, when, when Reagan was president. I um, remember this was back in the days when Reagan was so widely praised and loved in the 80s. I mean, everything Reagan, it, it, was, it was just nonsensical. Mm-hmm. I, was in, I was in kindergarten at the time. But, um, yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say this because it was bad back then, but now it's even far worse than it than anyone could possibly think of because, let's face it, I mean, we're in the 21st century now, and the last time, um, you know, you had a Democratic president that was widely praised was Bill Clinton, and that was back in 93 when he was being sworn into office for the very first time. So, Do you ever remember having to stand up during a ceremony or being forced to uh, watch it during class? Do you ever remember that happening? I don't. I'm, uh, that's why I ask you, because I don't I recall don't. it. It never happened to me that I recall. I don't remember. Just... Well, I, we, weren't, we weren't really forced to stand up or anything or forced to watch it. Mm-hmm. 
I do remember all the hubbub over, I mean, sort of vividly, but hmm. it's, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody who was roughly about six, maybe seven years um, old at the time. But um, I, I don't remember that happening. Um, okay. I was just curious. So, I mean, I figured since we had you on the line and you're, you're somewhat of the younger generation, I figured I'd ask you see if you remember anything like I know that people like that. in my high school class, a number of them refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. That uh, was something I was into when I was younger as well. Thank you, Todd, for the call tonight. I appreciate the input and the thoughts. Uh, if you want to share your observations from today, uh, what did you notice around you, whether, whether you were at work or out and about traveling? Uh, did you notice people were really excited? Were they talking about things? Uh, were they gushing uh, for no reason? And uh, just you know, just your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Maybe your predictions on what's going to come next. Uh, is this guy really going to close down Guantanamo? I saw an article that said that uh, he decided to not do it today, maybe toward the end of the week. Like so a, apparently those poor folks can wait at least well, till the end of the week. He's gonna, even if he closes Guantanamo, Guantanamo is largely symbolic. So I'm sure he'll get a lot of praise for doing that. Mm -hmm. But if he's not ending the detention of people in the same way that we've been detaining them at Guantanamo, if he's not ending this category of people called enemy combatant, Right. It doesn't matter. That was my concern. My concern was he was going to close Guantanamo and just take those guys and put them in, uh, you know, death camps or something like that around the uh, the world. You know how they've been putting people in secret prisons. The CIA has secret prisons around the world. Who's to say he's just not going to shove this completely under the rug and take all of those people and put them somewhere else? Yeah, I've I've heard. I forget. I was reading an article that said that. Um, I think the Department of Defense was drawing up plans for where they could move some of the people from Guantanamo because obviously they're not releasing all of them. Right. And granted, some of them might actually, I mean, I'm sure some of them are terrorists. But no one's had a trial. No, no one has had a trial, and they should. <laughs> and is he going to do anything about that? I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, it sounds like they might move them to a military installation inside the U.S., oh, um, which hmm. I, I know some people are would be more favorable to because... Uh, then it would be harder for the government to argue that U.S. law does not apply to yeah. them if they're held in the United States. But who knows? Yeah, I we'll mean, see. I'm not getting my hopes up here. I, I really... Uh, you, you know, even if they say they've closed all that down, I still have a feeling the CIA is going to be running prisons around the world for as, as long as there's a CIA around. There's going to be people held secretly that we don't know about. Toll-free number here for you is 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, uh, Obama held up as this progressive, held up as somebody that is compassionate. Obviously, we've talked about how uh, he obviously doesn't give a flip about people that smoke marijuana because he's going to continue the war on drugs in its current form. And uh, but, I think but in, he might suspend uh, – I think he might be following through on his pledge to end federal raids – of medical marijuana facilities in states where it's legal. We'll see about that. I don't. Uh, he, I mean, he hasn't had a chance yet, so he might back off of that too. Plus, we can talk about the uh, how he apparently there's a prostitution-free zone in Washington D.C. today. We'll get to that here coming up in hour two. But let's go to Scott, the bigot in Massachusetts. Scott, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, uh, good evening, gentlemen. I wish I could say. Who are you hating on today, Scott? Well, uh, it's been a sad day for me personally. Jewish uh, people, a black folk. Who do you hate today, Scott? Well, go ahead. You, well, this would be right up your alley. George Soros, the international banker, Jewish banker, Wall Street, he's behind, uh, he's the puppet master of Barack Hussein Obama. He controls... What evidence brain. do you have? Well, he, the evidence is he, the man was ahead of ACORN. man gave, uh, gave millions and millions of dollars to Barack Obama's uh, campaign. And your point is what? My, camp, my point is, is that... There have been people with big money behind every politician ever. So what? Barack... 
George Soros is is really a, a communist, a socialist at best, but a communist at worst. George Bush was a socialist, so? Well, this then is a nefarious international Jewish banker. He's behind Barack Obama, but I wanted to get on why I'm upset with Obama. I'm upset with Obama because he was black in affirmative action and reverse discrimination gave him the presidency. Whites don't realize that. It was a free vote. There's no affirmative action when it comes to the votes. They're not weighted towards the black candidate. That's where I'm getting at. Whites voted for Barack Obama because they were on a... You know what I want you to do? I want you to call sometime and avoid using the terms whites and blacks. See if you can do that. Thanks for the call. Hour 2 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can bring up anything if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those again, freetalklive.com. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. Uh, so first hour, we started out by addressing the, the mania that has infected uh, a lot of the people in this country, which, of course, uh, was evident today all across the media. People in government schools were being forced to watch the inauguration, forced to stand at the times that the crowd stood in Washington, D.C. Seems unprecedented to me. Seems like something that uh, may never have happened before in that way. I certainly don't recall experiencing that. When I was in government school, people around the country were were encouraged to take the day off from work in some cases to uh, to party uh, because, well, there's a new president and he happens to have some melanin in his skin. That's what makes this a historic moment. And as you said, Nick, last hour, it's great that America has come to the point where uh, somebody who is black could be elected uh, president, that I think it shows a lot of progress in the area of uh, people getting along with one another and maybe moving on beyond uh, racial divides. But at the same time, the whole focusing on race thing kind of, uh, I don't know, does it counteract that to some extent? Yeah, I mean, when when you're focusing on the fact that he's been elected and it's a big moment because he is black, and he managed to get ele- to be elected president, it seems to negate the whole idea of what I would like to see, which is a, more of a colorblind society. Yeah. Not, you know, and not that we don't recognize the fact that, well, yeah, if you're of African descent, yeah, you're a black guy. There's nothing wrong with saying that. But why do we need to focus on somebody's race so much? I mean, it's not like they made a passing mention of it. It was like all day coverage. It's, every, I, it's the it's essentially what comes before Barack and Obama, right? And they've been talking about it for months. The fact that a black man has been elected president. And like I said, I think it's great that we've reached a point where people can look past race or different races can get along in America. That is great. But what does it matter what the color of his skin is? Shouldn't we be judging him based? On what policies he presents, right. what kind of character he has as What's a he doing? What's he saying? And we don't know that yet. People are going nuts over this. This is the guy's first day in office. He's been in office for about eight hours now. So why are we celebrating at this point? We don't know what he's going to do. We don't know whether he'll be remembered as somebody who's great or not. And well, personally, <laughs> that's, I, well, that's personally, an easy prediction. Yeah, for, for those of you who care about liberty... 
you can already tell where he's going to come out. We don't know how bad yeah. he'll be, but we know he. Well, we know what we know. Even for at the this average point. person, you don't. Somebody who doesn't care about liberty, you don't know if he's going to be the worst president ever. Right. Maybe he'll get us nuked, or maybe he'll nuke somebody else. Oh my else. gosh, who knows? I don't I even mean, think. I don't even want to think about that. He's talked about going into Pakistan. They're a nuclear armed state. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't even want to think about somebody having a nuke dropped on them. But, but what we can do is we can make some pretty safe predictions about what is going to happen here, and uh, it. It could be based on some of the things that he said. Anyway, I mentioned last hour that they're still going to go after marijuana smokers. So he obviously, I mean, he's apparently tried cocaine at some point in his life. You'd think he'd he'd have some level of understanding uh, for the drug users of this country and that he, as a so-called progressive, would have some policy that would move in a more progressive uh, harm reduction direction. And no, they're still going to continue the war on drugs, as is. In fact, there was a story about how the uh, Washington, D.C. area is going to be a prostitution-free zone. I mean, aren't the liberals supposed to be known for being more open to uh, th- th- things like drug legalization um, and, and prostitution? The, the politicians, supposedly, but I have not seen evidence that people who consider themselves liberals or progressives are necessarily more tolerant of sexual behavior or other right. lifestyle choices. To be honest, I've met a lot of people who would describe themselves as conservative of one stripe or another, and they're very tolerant, and I've met Democrats who just aren't. You're right. You're absolutely right. It's just kind of the common misunderstanding, I guess, about Democrats and and those on that side, because, I mean, Hillary Clinton is one of the biggest family pushers out there. She's the one that's going after violent video games in the, you know, the name of the family and family values. And look, if what your family values entail is protecting children from violent video games, that's fine. It's your family. It's your business. But I don't want you imposing your value set on my family. And the Republicans are just as bad, in my opinion. I think they're all, it's the politicians, at least, when you meet the rank and file, they differ widely. But when you look at the politicians, they are all cut from the same cloth, from what I can tell. And they, they all take those same positions on, well, I'm for family values, and that well, means enforcing my values down your throat. It, yeah, it essentially amounts to they want to control you and enforce their values on you. And that's what it boils down to. And I don't see why people equate being in favor of a nanny state, which most liberals and Democrats would, you know, they are. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they equate that with tolerance of lifestyle choices, because a nanny state is essentially a nice word for a police state. It's where they control your lifestyle choices. So, yeah, maybe they're more tolerant of homosexuals in general, but... They're going to crack down on vi- right. They're going to crack down on violent video games and hunters and people who own guns. So they're going to crack down on different people, but they're not more tolerant. They're not more laissez-faire about lifestyle choices. So we know that he's going to move in. He's not going to make any significant changes in regards to the innocent, peaceful Americans that are put in prison cells every single year in this country. We know that uh, he's obviously in no rush to end the war in Iraq. I mean, he's talking about a responsible withdrawal of the troops which means slow and drawn out and in the meantime people are going to continue dying so we know that's all true even if he and that's presuming he actually does withdraw the troops uh and as you said nick he's he's pledged to put more of them in afghanistan so we know he's going to continue killing people uh around the world at the hands of the the u.s military we know that's going to continue so the warmongering will continue we know he's not going to repeal the police state 
He hasn't said anything about that. In fact, some of the things I've, again, I heard a little bit of his speech today, and it sounded like some of the things he was suggesting was that, you know, he's going to grow the police state. He still considers terrorism a big threat, and uh, and therefore that will be the excuse to continue putting in more police state apparatus on top of what George Bush already aggregated uh, to the government. So look for more of that to come soon. Yeah, I mean, I think he might, might try to push something, you know, he might sign into law if the Congress votes for it, repealing some parts of the Military Commissions Act. I think that's a realistic expectation. So there might be a couple pieces of legislation he might roll back, but overall I expect the powers of the office of the presidency to grow under his administration like they have under every single presidential administration. What incentive does he have to prevent that from happening? None whatsoever. So there's that going to happen. Of course, we already know that uh, he's hot on national service, the idea of forcing young people into essentially government make-work programs and bureaucratizing them. We know that he's into that. We know John McCain was into that, too. So any way it would have anyway ended up in the 2008 election, uh, national service is certainly on the front burner for these folks. Will they be able to get it started before 2011? Who knows? Because government takes forever to do things. So that's the one thing that we have in our, on our side is that they take a long time to get these things done. But this guy's proposed all kinds of increases in the size of the state, and we know he's not going to roll back what has come before. So he's going to build his increases on the already existing uh, incredibly large state apparatus, and it's just going to be bad news all around. And that's, so that's just, I think those are all safe predictions that, that one can make. The government's going to be more intrusive, more oppressive, more expensive, more invasive than it has ever been. Under this, under this president, it and it would have been every the, president, right? And it would have been the same way if uh, you know Ralph Nader had won, or if John McCain had won, or anybody else. So, uh, with that in mind, let's talk about the prostitution thing because he's supposedly this—he's uh, supposedly this compassionate guy. Well, why doesn't he show some compassion for the sex workers of America? We actually covered this on our show. To some extent, so. at freemindsradio.com. Yep, I didn't hear it, unfortunately. So, uh, so I've, I've there, here's the story from WUSA in Washington. District police have placed signs along uh, streets reading "Warning: Prostitution Free Zone." Those who disobey could be fined three hundred dollars and even jailed. But will the city's plan work? City councilman says the officers cannot enforce loitering laws, which is the reason for the signs. Because this is focused, it's limited in time, it's aimed at a very specific issue. If you don't move along, we'll put you in the car. So apparently, if you're told to move along, you're hanging out somewhere, and they say move, and you don't, you'll be arrested in D.C. Today. Pretty, pretty much. That, that was the, that's what the article implies. One of the uh, neighbors in the area says the prostitution is a major problem. He hopes the signs make a difference, but what will visitors think? says, I'm not concerned with what the visitors will think. I'm concerned about the problem that exists. Well, what is the problem anyway? I just don't understand the problem I with prostitution. I can see why people have a problem with streetwalkers, but I think that's a problem caused largely by, by prohibition. prohibition. We'll get into that. And you can dial up and bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those. And those features include the live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, webcam, all free for you. Over at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. 
AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off one item when you type FTL for the offer code coupon checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. That's code FTL, like Free Talk Live, at AdamEve.com. And luckily, for now at least, you can still buy pornographic material. You can engage in prostitution, as we're talking about here. Uh, But porn is still legal in this country. Although, during the Bush administration, and maybe this is one thing that Obama will kind of let off the gas pedal on, uh, we know that during the Bush administration, they were going after certain pornographers on the Internet. Uh, I think uh, Max Hardcore was one of them. And he's going to prison for a few years, yes. actually. Yes, uh, so they were going after the more extreme end of the pornographic spectrum, Max Hardcore being somebody who, uh, in, uh, in his porn videos, was really doing some pretty outrageous stuff. But all consensual. I mean, the people that were acting in his videos were not forced to do anything, and it was all by consent. So the people that are in the videos were uh, doing things by consent. The people buying the videos were buying them by consent. But yet the federal government went after this guy. And they're also, they've also gone after a few other porn purveyors out there during the Bush administration. So will the FBI continue to go after pornographers or will they let off on this during the, the Obama administration? I don't know. I have a feeling they'll let off that one. That seems like one area where... The Bush administration, that was kind of their thing. Like, that was one of yeah. their hot-button issues that they wanted to... One of the issues they wanted to push. And I don't think the Obama administration is going to push that one. But one thing's for sure, Barack Obama isn't going to get in office and pardon Max Hardcore. You can better believe that. No. So, uh, so we'll keep an eye on those things. But in the meantime, we're talking about the prostitution-free zone in Washington, D.C. right now. Now, prostitution was already illegal. That's what I don't get about this story. They're creating prostitution-free zones in what is already a prostitution-free zone. And it seems to imply to me, if I were to look at a sign that said this is a prostitution-free zone, to me that implies that over there where there aren't signs, (laughs) it's fair game. (laughs) It does have that sort of sound to it, doesn't it? Like, do they they just not want them doing it where people can see where the news crews are going to be? Uh, it, you know what it could be? It could be just an excuse because it says here that those who disobey could be fined $300 and even jailed. Well, if prostitution is already illegal in D.C., presumably they already have a law that affects people who are accused of prostitution. It could result in you being fined or jailed already. So what's, what is new here exactly besides the fact that they've posted signs up in a certain area? It sounds to me as though... What they're going to do is essentially uh, threaten people that if you don't move along, they'll be arre- you could be arrested. So if you're standing there looking prostitute or the police decide they, don't, they just don't like the way you look and they want to accuse you of prostitution for, for just standing and loitering, then they might uh, throw you in the back of a police car. That's what it sounds like they're suggesting here. And, uh, of course, one of the people that lives in the neighborhood says prostitution is a major problem. And I wanted to touch on that, and it sounded like you could handle the the question, Nick. Why is prostitution a problem? Well, when people think of prostitution today, they think of, you know, if you live in a major city, what you probably see in person, or if you don't, what you see on TV, which is largely largely drug-addicted women, the the aspect that you see, usually substance-dependent women in a bad situation in a very bad part of town – walking the streets which is dangerous it's trashy Mm -hmm. people don't want their kids to see it and i can understand why people don't like that practice but i think that that's largely fueled by the fact that number one there's drug prohibition which runs up the costs of drugs and 
puts drug users out of work. It can cost you a job, make it difficult to get employed. Sure. Once you've had one drug conviction, it's hard to get a, a regular job. So you end up having to walk the streets. And on the other hand, prostitution's illegal. I don't think that men would be going to people walking nasty, largely nasty. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't mean to be mean because maybe there's somebody out there listening who's a nice person and is a streetwalker. But by and large, they're not, not known for not their grade beauty. A women. Yeah. Like these are these are just hookers, like right. nasty hookers. You get what you pay for. Right. So <laughs> largely you're looking at the bottom of the barrel, and I think that's largely, the fact that they're out there at all is largely caused by drug prohibition and prostitution prohibition. There's no doubt about it. And I think if it was legal, largely it would be in either... It'd go indoors. Right. It'd be either in brothels or even more likely, I think they'd just be call girls. They'd come they'd to you. come to your house. Sure. And that happens every day across this country. I think I've heard that only... 15%. 50, I've heard t- something like 10, but 10 or 15 or even 20% of, of prostitutes are streetwalkers. Yep. The rest of them are largely respectable people. They're business class right. kind of prostitutes right. who you're going to pay more, but you're going to get a lady right. who is more is a professional, uh, more so than the streetwalker. She is somebody who is concerned about herself. Uh, she's not necessarily doing it for her next, her next hit of crack. She's doing it because she might want to put herself through college or need some extra money or something like that. Or it's easy. I mean, in a way, it's easy work if that's what you it like doing easy. and you're you're okay with you know going around and philandering with a bunch of people. Then it's pretty easy work and it's good money from what I've heard. The in-call and out-call girls get to be much more selective of their clientele. Uh, you pretty much can only find these girls by referrals. So. And, and largely, they're not they're not working for a pimp. A lot of these girls work for themselves, that's and that's a, that's one area where it seems like the aspect that the streetwalkers are many of them are working for a pimp who might be exploiting them in some way, taking mm-hmm. their money, beating them. A lot of people feel that all prostitutes are are runaways and people who are being that's manipulated what you see on cops. By, right, they're being manipulated by some terrible man. But right. even even among the streetwalkers, largely they're out there because. That's what they want to do, or that's what they need to do to get money. Streetwalkers are generally out there because they, they need a, a fix. They need something. And in a lot of cases, the pimps are the ones providing the fix for them. So they'll come in, they'll bring him the money, and he'll deal deal out some, you know, whatever the dope is that they're, they're looking for. And, and it, I'm sure there are exceptions to that rule, but generally that's what you're going to see when you're dealing with a, with a streetwalker. Uh, because she needs the money, and that's the quickest way for her to find the money is to just walk the streets and uh, attract clients that way. But you're right. The uh, vast majority of the prostitution business is done behind closed doors. It's done uh, within call and out call girls, and it's done um, in a much safer way. And it would be far less visible, I think, in a uh, in a in a free market realm. I mean, you might still see the brothels, but you wouldn't see necessarily the women uh, hanging out on the side of their road uh, wearing with... almost nothing. And... There was one woman who was walking in uh, downtown Toronto who did not have any underwear on, and her uh, skirt ended at around her crotch. I mean, at the top of her crotch. So she was walking down <laughs> down the street, and you could see it all. I mean, I don't know if she was a prostitute. Maybe she was just d- drunk walking around downtown. <laughs> I but don't know. But I don't know. That but... doesn't seem particularly appealing. No. <laughs> so, uh, so prostitution-free zone in Washington, D.C., uh, they say that uh, they're expecting prostitutes to come into town 
for the inauguration and try to pick up some clients, which is a, it's probably that's what happens. A lot of times uh, business picks up when there are big conventions and things like that. Uh, prostitutes will hang around those areas and, and pick up clients that way. So uh, legalizing prostitution will get them out of the streets. And you need to legalize drugs at the same time because that's one of the major incentives for streetwalkers to, to ply their wares. More coming up. You bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Nick. That number again, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. So uh, enjoy at freetalklive.com. And those features include live streams, uh, the bulletin board system, the archives. We give it all away. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for their site. So enjoy ours free at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Lots to talk about. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. Uh, whether you want to share your thoughts on today's festivities, what was your experience like? Were you uh, sitting in a government high school uh, room forced to watch the inauguration instead of actually doing any sort of learning? Uh, sounds like that was a fairly frequent occurrence. What was uh, the work at work situation like? Were you at your job? Did they just stop all work? Did you even have to come in today? A lot of jobs didn't even uh, force, they didn't even have the mandate that anybody come to work today. They go, oh, take the day off. It's such an important day. Well, today is no more important than any other inaugural day. It's just the, the next, it's just the next tyrant. This tyrant happens to have some melanin in his skin. But he's going to be no less of a tyrant than the last tyrant. In fact, he may be even more of a tyrant than the last tyrant because the last tyrant, George Bush, had aggregated a hell of a lot of power to the presidency during his term. He uh, created a whole lot bigger government than he started with. And Barack Obama's just going to build on all of the things, all of the awful big government stuff that his predecessor did. This is nothing to celebrate. If anything, Americans should be mourning the continued loss of their liberties at the hands of these government people. But yet they've been snookered once again into believing that somehow one political personality is somehow so significantly different from those that came before. And I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a moment. And I don't understand why people are so gullible. Why it is that every four years, the same process happens over and over again. Every four years, new, uh, new politicians come forth and they spout the same old, gar- the same old garbage about change and family values and blah, 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 whatever it is that they say, every four years. And the Americans fall for it time and time again. You said this guy's got an 84% approval rating. Something like that, and that's not uncommon. Um, I don't know if they're always quite that high, but usually a president's approval rating is very high uh, you know, before they're sworn in and the fir- right when they're first sworn into office because they haven't angered anybody yet. And so yeah. for a lot of people, it seems like the default is – if he hasn't done him. anything that's made me angry, I approve of the job he's doing, even though there's no job to approve of. Well, I think they were having approval of the decisions he had made for his transition team and things like that. Give him time. Yeah. I, 
We'll see what he does. I just don't. I I don't. I don't get it. I mean, I can understand a lot of people are very glad that George Bush is gone. Sure. No wonder he he left office with the lowest approval ratings of any president in history, by the way. But that hmm. doesn't mean that the next guy is going to be good. No, it certainly doesn't. Although, you know, I appreciate people being hopeful. I do appreciate that. It's just that it seems as though they haven't learned. It well, seems a, as though they haven't picked up on this. There's stuff. a difference between being hopeful and being naive. Good point. Let's see what Sheldon Richmond has to say over the Future of Freedom Foundation about what happened today in his uh, commentary, The Peaceful Transfer of Violent Power. Richmond says that, at the risk of raining on the parade, I suggest that the inaugural festivities are not what they appear. Barack Obama says the pomp and circumstance are not about him, but are a celebration of democracy. For the 43rd time, we will execute the peaceful transfer of power from one president to the next, he said. And he's right, but not quite as he meant it. The peaceful transition from the Bush to the Obama regime is indeed the occasion. But let's focus on exactly what is being transferred. Despite the oratory about hope, change, and renewal, government, as someone, perhaps George Washington, once said, is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is force. And if that is right, and I contend it is, then in the inauguration we have the irony of a peaceful transfer of something that is anything but peaceful, and that is the legal power to use physical force. And I might add, physical force on you and I. Uh, this, or is it you and me? Yeah, you and me. Anyway, this is something to celebrate. The question would be fair no matter who succeeded George W. Bush. It's not so much the man, but the office that warrants our distrust, and, to use Jefferson's term, jealousy. To modify the words of Judge Gideon Tucker, no person's life, liberty, and property are safe as long as the occupant of the White House possesses the powers that are invested in the presidency and government generally. The essence of government as we know it is the power to use force against people who've never harmed anyone. The most basic power is the power to tax. Indeed, government could do nothing without it. The power to tax is the legal authority to compel people to surrender their money, which is the product of their hard-earned or their, their labor, essentially, to the state under penalty of fine, imprisonment, and worse, for refusal. In that if you don't hand over the money, they'll shoot you. Whether or not one thinks this power is good, one cannot deny that it's based on the threat to commit violence against the nonviolent. Thus, this week, we witnessed the peaceful transfer of the authority to commit legal plunder. Apologists for government undertake bizarre mental contortions to show that we've consented to be taxed, balderdashed. Uh, I was never asked to consent, and I'm sure you weren't either. I refuse to accept the nonsensical argument that by not vacating the parcel of land I purchased, I have signaled my tacit consent to be plundered and bullied. It that, is, it's, it's absurd. The it idea really that you have consented to the taxation, it's, I, they try to come up with these arguments that... Social well, contract? You're a citizen or you signed up for a social security number, and especially the guys who come up with ideas of how you can opt out of the system. I'm of I the opinion there's, there's no way to opt out because you never opted in. Right. It is a coercive system. I've tried opting out. They threw me in a jail cell. They sentenced me to 93 days. Well, some people will say you just didn't do the right things. Oh, that's right. I didn't utter the right uh, magic, magic words. Phrase. Yeah. Except I wouldn't have been able to utter anything because he only let me get two words out. Yeah. I mean, it's there's no there's no pretense of yeah. consent. They claim. Well, th- th- there is a pretense. Uh, it's right there in the Constitu- the uh, the New Hampshire Constitution. Well, it says it right there. The first sentence makes it cl- makes the claim that government's based on the consent of the governed. It's obviously not true. I think it also true. says something about the general good, doesn't it? And for the something general like good. that. Yeah. So it's kind of you know you right. need to consent, but you don't. 
Clearly, you don't. Basically what they're saying. Right. They can say one thing and do another. That's It's their prerogative. It's their system. They've, they've got the men with guns to back it up. Uh, it implies the gun, or the, rather the government, or do I repeat myself? The, it implies that the government owns the territory it rules and therefore can set the conditions under which it is used. That sounds like feudalism. Are we merely tenants of the governmental landlord? Yes. <laughs> well, yes. no, we shouldn't be. We I shouldn't mean, be, but the, we are. The idea is that the people own the land and the government has some kind of uh, an obligation to you know, protect you from invasion but and it doesn't. people would steal from you. That's the idea. But the reality is the Supreme Court has backed up over and over again the fact that government has no obligation to protect you from anything. Government has no obligation to protect you, nor does it have an obligation to provide you with anything. The Supreme Court has said it in case after case. They have. And if that's true, then what Mark, uh, then what Mark Stevens says is absolutely the case, and that is that there is no citizenship. Because the definition of citizen is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. There is no obligation to protect, so therefore you well, owe no duty of allegiance. I mean, I will agree that that is what the courts have said. Now, they do, I mean, they do provide police services and mil- I mean, as a matter of custom, they do provide pro- some degree of protection from violent criminals and invasion. Unfortunately, they largely use the police forces to intimidate and extract money from the mm-hmm. people who haven't done anything. They protect the system and serve the state, not you and I. Uh, yes. I mean, to, pretty much that is what they do. Well, uh, built on the power to tax, legally steal, are myriad other powers that entail the threat of violence against peaceful individuals. If you wish to buy things from people outside the jurisdiction claimed by the U.S. government, you may do so only on the terms it permits under its trade, uh, trade laws. If you wish to invite to your home or business someone who lives outside that jurisdiction, again, you can only do so under terms laid down by the government's immigration rules. You are not free to make your own decisions in the matter. If you don't want your money given to others, say Wall Street bankers, auto companies, welfare recipients, stem cell researchers, military contractors, the Israeli Air Force, the Iraqi and Afghan rulers, well, too bad. You have no say. Oh, correction. You have one impotent vote every four years, but that's virtually the same as no say. 800-259-9231 for your thoughts. We'll continue with uh, Sheldon Richmond here in a few moments and take your calls as well. Plus, what about the proposal for a government bank? They've been throwing around. We'll talk about that one as well. And your calls about anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You like this show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? Well, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's that simple. You know you've got to buy stuff to enjoy your life, whether it's stuff you need or stuff you want. You can get it at Amazon. They've got 41 categories in which you can shop. Free super saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. Head over to amazon.freetalklive.com and get the shopping done. Feel good because a percentage of your sale is going to Free Talk Live. Again, that is amazon.freetalklive.com. By the way, I'd like to remind our international listeners uh, that if you are in Germany or the U.K. or Canada, 
If you go to Amazon.freetalklive.com, it should redirect you appropriately to your local Amazon, and we will still get uh, the percentage through those international Amazons. We don't have anything set up for Japan, or there's a handful of the other ones. Just I can't read the websites. <laughs> At least with the German site, I can run it through a translator, and I can get some idea of what's going on there. If you're good with languages, sometimes you can guess. I mean, I a little bit of French, and I can guess at yeah. most of the European languages. But looking but, at the uh, Japanese symbols is a, sorry. No, no dice. No so if you're in there. if you're in another country, it'll send you to you know the U.S. Amazon. You'd have to you'd have to order from there. But anyway, thanks to everybody who shops at Amazon.freetalklive.com. As uh, we continue here with the peaceful the, the peaceful transfer of violent power, a quick story from Sheldon, or a quick article from Sheldon Richmond over at the Future of Freedom Foundation, their website fff.org. So he's talking about the violence of the state, talking about and pointing out that essentially we're all uh, feudal serfs, basically, living on the property of the state. And we have to do as they say and give up as much money as they demand or else we'll be put in a a much worse situation. I'll agree that that's the current situation. I, you know, as I'm sort of filling in Mark's shoes here because I'm the minarchist at the moment. Yes. And um, you always are the minarchist. Aren't you a minarchist every day when you're here? I am, right. but I'm one of two, so okay. it's, it's less You're important. You're the minarchist. Here I, I, have to, I have to carry the water from You're the minarchist You're the only minarchist camp. in this, on this so show. So I, I, I think if you're going to call yourself a minarchist, you should at least concede that taxation is theft because if you don't concede that then you're probably some kind of statist and you're not really yeah. working to advance towards liberty. So I think once you have that understanding, uh, it's important to concede that point. Whether I think we can undo taxation entirely and completely eliminate government and go to a completely voluntary system, I'm skeptical of Why that. not? It's not that hard. They I, just have to stop being so mean and nasty and just voluntarily accept payments. If their services are so great, surely people will pay for them. I mean, we for, just to get away from this, this story here for a moment, since we're talking about this, uh, the, the eternal struggle between the minarchists and the voluntarists, uh, they've been talking recently on one of the local talk shows here in Keene, New Hampshire, about leaf pickup. And they claim that a few years ago they tried to save some money in the budget by cutting leaf pickup and making it so that each property owner had to pick up their own leaves. Which was a great idea. And, well, they said they thought it was a great idea, but it turned out that people weren't picking up their own leaves. And there was flooding, apparently, in some places as a result because the leaves were clogging up some of the, the grates, the sewer storm drains. And they said that, well, you know, it was it turned into a disaster and so people were calling and complaining. And so they needed to bring government leaf pickup back. And they talked about the the mayor called in to tout how affordable the leaf pickup was. It was like, you know, eighty thousand dollars a year for leaf pickup, which divided by 10,000 homes is eight dollars per home. And, you know, I said, I don't have a problem paying for leaf pickup. I have no problem. I mean, eight bucks seems relatively decent. Maybe the market could do it for five. I don't know what the market would end up being able to do it for. But uh, but eight's not too shabby, and I wouldn't mind paying that on a voluntary basis. It's just the whole pay or else we steal your house thing that really gets under my skin. So I would have no problem contributing money to keeping some infrastructure going and to doing certain tasks like Plowing the streets and putting down salt. I have no problem whatsoever with that. Sure, it's inefficient. Sure, if the government does it, it's doing it too expensively. I know all of this. But I'd rather... 
that's what's going on now. That's the only option at, that, at this point in time. We don't have the market coming in with competing services that I could opt into uh, as opposed to the government. So I would have no problem continuing to pay for the existing system. You could say, well, a bunch of people won't pay, and then how will they do their job? Well, that's up to them to figure out. Maybe if they actually knew that if they didn't have guaranteed funds every year, they'd look for some ways to cut costs. Maybe they'd look for some ways to do business a little bit better and, the, on, and more on the up and up. I think it's just a matter of changing one thing, and that is changing it from uh, coercion to a voluntary system. Well, I would certainly agree on things like leave pickup, but... That's something I think the market can take over. So (laughs) it's not like I'm saying, uh, you know, the minarchists can't visit saying, let's keep the status quo. Certainly, I mean, we would probably agree on eliminating 80 to 90 percent of what government does. There are, you know, there are some things that are kind of sticky. The roads issue, I can see room for privatizing roads. There are some situations where it might not be as feasible as some people would like to, you know, I think you can oversimplify that issue. But primarily the two areas where I worry about are, you know, law and order in terms of enforcing laws against uh, crimes against people and property Mm -hmm. and defense. And that's pretty much all the government should be doing. I think private coinage, I don't think the government should be involved in money at all. That's a slippery slope. We can mint coins. You now, you're, have, you're not in favor of the federal government, though, right? I mean, you would, if you could press the button and tomorrow morning the Fed, federal government would be gone, you'd if press that button, I was king button, of the right? world and I could just make it happen yeah. for a day, yes. Yeah. yeah. Not for a day, but forever. Well, it would happen forever, but I'd have the power for a day. Yeah. Um, no, right. I, I would. So as far as defense point, is concerned, then you would also agree that uh, individuals defending themselves would be much more of a potent defense force than some governmental uh, bureaucracy. I, I think the state of New Hampshire could would probably have some kind of a militia, but isn't, not a standing right. army. Or but isn't it true like that. that a government uh, defense force is more likely to defend government property than your property? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think that uh, I think an armed citizenry is the is the best defense for any area, and I think that you know you might during a time of actual war you might need some kind of a command structure because defense is kind of one of those. Areas where it's not, I don't really think that as long as I'm free to opt into the command structure, then I'm fine with that. But yeah, if I'm I, forced I, I, to, I, w- then... I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be okay. in favor of a draft even during wartime. If um, I'm kind of with Robert Heinlein on that, he made the comment that if a if a nation or whatever a stateless entity can't get people to defend it voluntarily, yeah. it obviously <laughs> doesn't deserve to exist. Those people don't yep. want to defend it. So yeah, I know I I don't I'm not in favor of a draft even in wartime. A few more thoughts from Sheldon Richmond at the Future of Freedom Foundation. He says that if you don't want the armed forces killing people in your name, well, too bad. No one asked you. If you don't want the Treasury and the Federal Reserve stealing your hard-earned money through deficits and inflation, you may as well shut up. It's going to happen anyway. This is the power, the peaceful trans, uh, the, the power, the peaceful transfer of which we celebrate. We might wonder why inaugurations aren't more sober affairs. Why all the hoopla? Well, the answer is simple. Government is a horrendous and exploitive imposition on most of us. From the ruler's perspective, there's always the danger that we may figure this out and refuse to go along. Hence, the need for regular propaganda spectacles to reinforce the myth that we are the government. The prayers of the Who's Pete Townsend, alas, have not been answered. Most of us are getting fooled again. And uh, that is Sheldon Richmond from the Future of Freedom Foundation. And it ties back into what I was talking about earlier, the idea that Americans, every four years, 
get fooled by the same old process, the same old uh, talking points, the same old ideas being proffered forth by just new politicians every time. And they believe that something different is going to happen. This time it's going to be different. Obama's going to change it. Well, I mean, you know, I guess politicians do have different areas they focus on. Some are more hawkish in foreign policy. Some are more into big government programs at home, welfare type spending and make work programs. So everybody's got every politician has certain areas where they try to control people. But it's not a real significant difference. By and large, all they're trying to do is control you. One politician might do it a little bit less than another, but Mm -hmm. they're all advancing the role of the state and society, not scaling it back. There's a couple of exceptions in public office. Ron Paul's the major one. And there's, you know, there are some libertarians and liberty-minded people that are dog catchers and on a school board here or there in Illinois or somewhere. But by and and large, the political establishment is filled with people who want to take your money and control you in one way or another. And it's uh, frust- the frustration of looking at the American people continually being fooled by these politicians into believing that something significantly different is going to happen this time around. If you're frust- as frustrated as I am with that, well, then one solution is the Free State Project, to get together with people who have come to the conclusion that there is no fixing the federal government, that it's a bad idea Well, some the of them, some of them do. It's not a secessionist project. There are some working That's on the federal, and I'll still work at the federal offices because they're there, and we're not leaving the union. I've never tomorrow. met a, a free stater that it was in love with the federal government, though. I'll tell you that. Number uh, hour three is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it is Ian here with you. And Nick. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free. As we launch here into hour number three. 800-259-9231. Website freetalklive.com. Shows about your calls. Otherwise, we talk about things that are interesting to us and... uh, as I said at the top of the show, normally we don't cover the hot news of the day, but sometimes it's just so big we can't ignore it. And this Barack Obama thing is obviously huge. People, for whatever reason, believe that it's going to be different this time. And maybe they're right. Maybe it will be different. Uh, maybe this time he'll you know, bomb some more people in other countries and increase taxes, build new government programs, national service would be different. That would be a first. I mean, best case, he only grows government by a marginal rate. So we get higher taxes, more government spending, more government debt, which is essentially your debt and my debt, because it's public debt, so they're either going to print the money or raise taxes. That's the best case. Worst case, he does start new wars or create a national service program that's essentially a draft. Now, there is a Democratic Congress, right? Yeah, and a Democratic Democratic House and Senate. Yeah, that's not good news, is it? No, they have solid majorities in both. So if they decide, let's ban guns, there's not much to hold them back. What do you think would happen? I mean, if if they actually did that. With a gun ban? Yeah. 
How crazy would it get? I think a lot of people would be angry. I bet they would. And I, 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 I think guns might be one issue they'll stay away from. I think Democrats have gotten burned in the past mm-hmm. by, by I hate to call it the gun owner lobby because it's essentially a, a gun rights lobby. But I don't know. The NRA is a powerful lobbying group. Clearly, the Democrats aren't expecting to get much out of them, but they don't want to energize gun owners to oppose them next time around. Because a few million gun owners getting out to vote or not can swing a national election. And you never know. Some of them might actually shoot the comp- the gun confiscators. Some of them might. Come around. I, d- I don't think they're ever... Uh, I mean, some people expect like a, a ban, like suddenly, oh, these guns are outlawed, you have to turn them in. It's never going to go from relatively unrestrictive gun laws to their ban the next day. That's never been the way it's worked. That's not how it happened in England. Sure. I mean, in England and other countries, they tend to ban, you know, high-capacity, you know, military-type rifles. Then they either ban or restrict handgun ownership. Right. They create a fed, you know, some kind of a registry, so all the guns are registered. If you register, they tried that in Canada, and only about 50% <laughs> of people did. Don't know how useful it was. I know I'm not registering um, anything. And then essentially, you eventually over time, you can reach a point where basically you can't own anything. We'll continue. Uh, you're taking your calls about what you want, your thoughts on what happened today. Uh, what were your experiences? We go to your uh, your calls. Ampline, unscreened. Who's this? Oh, hey guys, it's Laura from New Jersey. Laura, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I can't get into the uh, chat rooms. So I figure I just call and complain. And um, you guys are talking about the inauguration, and uh, I want to bring up um, Reverend Lowry. He gave uh, a benediction during it, and he said something that I thought was uh, worthy of bringing up. This is the anti-gay guy, right? The uh, the the, the big. Well, this is different. I don't, I don't really know who he is. Oh, okay. But um, he's just somebody else. I don't know. But what he had said was um, during it, he says, "We ask you to help us work for the day when black will not be asked to give back, when brown can stick around." When yellow will be mellow, when the red man can get ahead, man, and when the white will embrace what is right. So I thought that was a little interesting. What are your thoughts that. on that? Um, I think for a campaign that was never about race, it uh, certainly was about race, which I don't think was really, we should never have been really brought up anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. I personally uh, don't really understand the point of all of the focus on race. I mean, I guess I, I guess it's just people patting themselves on the back to say, hey, you know, we're not as racist anymore in, in America. I suppose that's what a lot of it is. And I think that's good. I think it's good that, you know, we've moved in, the, in a more positive direction of people coming together in that way. I, I'm all in favor of that. But the, the constant harping on it, I, I don't know if that's doing anything to really move us on. Yeah, I didn't think what he said really did any good. If you really take it down and look at what it was, because I'm just curious what he thinks what is right for. Right, I'm sure. I'm sure the Asians appreciate being called yellow. I'm sure they really appreciate that. It's a little absurd. (laughs) Thanks, Laura. Any other thoughts? No, that's about it. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's not like the the campaign was about race. I mean, it's it was brought up a lot, but it wasn't like there was a a big group of racist people supporting John McCain because they didn't like Barack Obama. It wasn't it wasn't a race between you know white people and black people. It was a race between John McCain and Barack Obama. Neither of which I thought were worth a vote. And, I, you know, I don't see how, how you really see too much difference between those two. But it doesn't really matter. I mean, does no, it? it doesn't. I mean, I, I'm sure there are people out there listening who think that it is a big deal and we shouldn't be brushing it off like that. But 
I, I hope they'll call in. But. Yeah, please call in if you think there's some significant difference. 800-259-9231. Uh, but, yeah, to me, new boss, same as the old boss, right? In fact, uh, I know Larkin Rose has a few thoughts on it. We may check in with him. But the government bank, I wanted to touch on this. We ta- uh, I mentioned it as a possibility. I haven't for, heard this one. Yeah, so. this is scary. Uh, Reuters, the incoming administration is considering setting up a government-run bank to acquire bad assets clogging the financial system says a person familiar with the Obama's team uh, on Saturday. The U.S. Federal Reserve, Treasury, and Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation have been in talks about ways to ease a banking crisis that's once again deepening, and a government-run, what they call an aggregator bank, is among the options. Outgoing Secretary of the Treasury Henry Paulson and the FDIC chairman said on Friday that a government bank was one of a number of ideas U.S. regulators had been discussing. And this news came a day after the government, uh, the federal government took a 6% share in the the Bank of America, essentially making them the number one shareholder in that bank. So that bank is already well down the road to becoming a nationalized bank, and now they're talking about just, ah, well, let's just start our own government bank. It's absurd. Uh, they say that uh, advisors to Barack Obama were considering the idea of an aggregator bank. Top advisor said the new administration would have something to say about a fresh approach to the financial crisis in the next few days. Outright socialism is is a fresh (laughs) approach. I mean, you're taking the mask off it. He said after speaking to the conference of mayors in Washington, I'm not going to get into the structure of how we're going to approach the revamped financial rescue package. What we have to do is approach this with a lot more transparency on the front end whatever all that means. In addition to steps to bolster banks, the Obama officials want to aggressively attack the underlying causes of the credit crisis, the sharp downturn in the U.S. housing market, and the related deterioration in mortgage-related assets. Now, is that the cause of the credit crisis? The downturn of the housing market? The cause of the credit crisis? No, I wouldn't say so. The world money supply increased dramatically in the few years leading up to that. That's why you saw... That housing bubble and really an investment bubble, everything was in a bubble. And right, because the money just the kept crisis. flowing. The money just kept flowing, and people uh, made mal and they made uh, poor investments. Yeah, and, and now they're paying the price. It, normally, when you let the market operate, these bad, toxic assets would be liquidated. The debts would either be sold for pennies on the dollar, or if they're truly worthless. They would just, you know, the debts would essentially just be forgiven or absolved. Mm-hmm. They just fall apart. That's what should happen if you want a healthy correction to take place in the economy. It sounds like they just want the taxpayers to buy up all these terrible investments that have no value in <laughs> in the market. Like, that sounds like the pitch they're making, right? Just with a different yeah. set of words. The, uh, they're outlining the idea of the aggregator bu- bank. They said the government could use money from the Treasury-administered $700 billion financial rescue fund to capitalize a new institution that would be able to absorb toxic assets now weighing down bank balance sheets. So, yeah, it sounds like what you're Buy saying. Buy useless there. crap with $350 billion. Right. They'll, absor- they'll absorb it. Would, and then I guess they'll just make them go away or something like that? Or um. What do they do with Absorb those? Absorb it. It sounds like they're assets. basically just going to hold them, and maybe, maybe they're thinking. I can see the argument that some people would make is that, well, a lot of the banks are strapped for cash right now, so they would buy some of these assets, but they don't have any money, so the government will just hold them 
until later when the market's better and they can sell the toxic assets. It sounds make like much a sense. mess. It really sounds yeah. like an absolute mess. And it's, again, one of those situations where if you disagree with it, well, too flipping bad. Your money's going to be in this government bank, whether you like it or not. Your money's going to be behind it. More coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm grinning here because uh, Mark just walked in the door, and he's wearing a fireman's outfit. <laughs> it's This jacket is warm. <laughs> it's got to keep fire off you, so it's pretty well insulated. Oh, very good. Uh, so, Mark, a little bit late out uh, doing the volunteer fireman thing uh, tonight, and as you do, what, once a month or something? Um, like every other month is the commitment. Every other For month. For me. And uh, it's a free talk live, open phones, as always, 800-259-9231. Uh, but we've been pretty much focusing on, as you might imagine, the, the whole Obama mania thing today. Mm. Uh, talking about that, hearing people's uh, their thoughts on what they experienced today. So since you're here, what was your experience? Well, I today? called into the uh, one of the local uh, talk shows today, and I uh, the the progressive show, the progressive show. I really like that better, um, for whatever reason, I dig it. And you know, I'm I. I read a Martin Luther King Jr. quote, uh, the one where uh, people will be uh, judged for the content of their character, not the uh, color of their skin, blah, 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 blah. Good quote. And then I said, you know, I just I find this so disgusting the way people um, you know, make such a big deal out of Obama being black. I mean, it's, to, to me, that's it, sh- it should be inconsequential. As far as I'm concerned, um, is when it comes to Obama, the best thing about him is that he's black. I'm, I'm glad that we've had a black president. We've got all that crap out of the way, but... You know, just the the fawning over um, over the whole incident. It's it to me. It's it's patronizing and disgusting. I, I just um, you know maybe I'm taking it wrong, but when you know like it, it seems to me this is how it, it falls for me is that the white guys are sitting there going, oh, it's so nice to see those that uh, black guy getting into office. They're so different and everything, and oh, they've had it so rough. I'm glad. Sure, glad that they're in there. Ooh, That's now, what I was saying. Now earlier. I don't have to feel as guilty. Right. It's like they're patting themselves on the back right. for you know coming in the right direction. And, and 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 as I've said before, and as we pointed out at the beginning of the show, this is great. I mean, it's true that it's good that Americans have come to the point where something like this is possible. Right. But, but to the me, harping on it right, is the, making such a big deal about it. You cannot say Barack Obama without saying the first black president. And that's to what me, they've been saying all day on the on the news. And that's what's patronizing. That's yeah. what's gross about it is that the the to them, the only thing that this guy has to offer at this point is that he's black. I mean, would they have... What about his ideas? What about the uh, the, right. the, I mean, the plan? I would, yeah, I would like to talk about his ideas and his plan, because as far as I'm concerned, they stink. But yeah. um, and, and that's why I say the best thing about him is that he's black, and then we can get all this out of our uh, out of the way. I don't know what four years of, of uh, you know him is going to result in. Oh, I do. Hopefully we talked about that earlier. Bigger, more intrusive, more oppressive, more expensive do you think government. It, do you think he'll intrude as much as George Bush did in his first four he, years? Well, he can't possibly, right? Well, now, wait a minute. See, he gets to build on what George Bush created oh, in, sure. the, in the, those last eight years. It's it's bigger, so yeah. It will just become worse. He doesn't worse. have to do too much that's new to be more of a tyrannical leader than George Bush was, because that those laws are already in place, and I doubt you're going to see much to do away with things like the Military Commissions Act, except maybe tinkering in the margins. Let's find out what Erica thinks in Rhode Island. Erica, you are on Free Talk Live with Ian, Mark, and Nick. Um, hello. Uh, yesterday, you guys, um, when I called in, you asked uh, if today I experienced anything at school as far as the inauguration goes. Yeah, I didn't, but 
I, I was at, I was talking to my little sister who goes to elementary school here. She's well. Hold on, hold on. Before you go, before you go into that, yeah. they did nothing at your school, your high school. You're in a you're a senior in high school. They didn't have uh, an auditorium you could go and watch things in, or they weren't forcing people to watch things on television. No, like I said yesterday, it was it was an exam day. We were there for a grand total oh, of an hour right. and a half. That's right. I'm sorry for spaced on that. Okay, so your little <laughs> sister. Yeah, so my little sister, she's elementary school here, and she, I was also um, um, a friend of the family's always give us a ride back there because it's cold. But um, she said that uh, they spent basically the entire day intermittently while watch, watching the inauguration, and that and she was also they were all doing little activities like she was. They made a little. Uh, she. They all had to make little banners, and her little banner said "Yes, we can," and it was in all the little colors. <laughs> and and then I was talking to to a friend of hers who's in the fourth grade, and all the fourth graders had to write a poem about Obama. Wow. And it it was just really strange. She was reading it, and the 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 thing was basically, uh, Obama is not a person; he is a leader. And it it was just. I'm I'm just I'm listening to him like I. Did anybody say that? Did, did anybody say that he was uh, sent to us by God? I mean, that's practically what they're saying there. He's not a person; he's a leader. Yeah, I, it, it's just—it's all very strange. She, my, yeah, my, yeah. I was talking to my sister, and she's telling me, and they—they've apparently been doing this all week. It's like basically this last week or two has been inauguration slash um, Martin Luther King Day. Wow. Week. That's huge. I, I, I find the parallels between Obama and King amazing. I, I, you know, I, to me, I don't see that many parallels. And the most important is that King made a huge point that peace is the path to peace, the means to peace. Whereas Obama, not so much sticking with that peace as the means to peace. No, thing. he's and, ready to fight terror and yeah, invade he's, Afghanistan. He's, he's got a, you know, the world's against us. You, I mean, he basically said you're either with us or against us. It was th- that close. We got the world set against us. We will overcome. We're gonna. I mean, you know, I, it, it, it's like I was listening to Bush. It's like he was channeling Bush. Yeah, Black Bush, right? <laughs> there you go. No, Eric. Yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of disturbing just to listen to. Yeah, it was almost disturbing just to, to hear them talk about all this stuff that they've been doing. It, they they all had to make banners, and I, I remember during during the uh, during the election they had the whole second grade class. I assume the the whole school probably did a similar thing. Like they all voted, and then whoever they were going to vote for, if it was McCain or if it was uh, Obama, they had to make a little poster. It was it's all very strange. I appreciate you calling in to uh, to follow up on that. And uh, any other thoughts for us tonight, Erica? Nope, that's it. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. It does concern me because there's an element of hero worship, even though he hasn't held office yet really at all. He hasn't done anything that... Right. Harry Brown said that he would have taken... Um, you know, it, It's amazing <laughs> the things that he said he was going to do in the first uh, uh, you know, half day of his, his term. Why hasn't Obama done anything? Right. Yeah, uh, he's apparently putting off uh, shutting down Guantanamo, maybe to the end of the week, they say. So we'll see if he keeps that promise. Uh, they, he was apparently supposed to do that first thing, but for whatever reason, that's not happening. He's and got balls. He's got ten balls to attend tonight. Ten balls. Oh, yeah, like uh, parties. Gallows. Yeah, big balls. Right. Uh, well, hey, uh, here's, a, here's a scary one for you, Mark, since you weren't here for this earlier, uh, since we're talking about kids and what they did today. One of uh, my producers said that his three siblings... All attend different schools. All of them had class periods extended so they could watch the inauguration and not miss a minute. And when the people stood at the inauguration, they were required to stand in class. Did that ever happen to you in high school or middle school? I don't remember watching I don't either. any inauguration at all. Me neither. Uh, TVs were a relatively new invention then. The um, 
I, I, I can tell you, we didn't have any TVs when I was in high school or um, in, or in uh, middle uh, middle school or, or kindergarten or uh, elementary school. I see. But um, we, I do remember we did cast votes. They always do that stuff. The student vote. There's yeah. a big difference yeah. between a mock vote and making people stand for the president when they're like a thousand miles away from him. What if you don't stand? You'll go to the office. Hmm. I mean, that's why what I'm presuming. If you're disobedient in class, that's what happens, right? You go to the it, office. It depends. You I talk mean, to the principal. Some, I mean, people who didn't stand for the pledge in our school didn't get sent to the, to the principal. I think, I think to some extent you might get a dirty look or the teacher yeah. might say something. There's a lot of social pressure. There, there's social yeah, pressure. I think a lot of people do things because they feel they have to, not because they're made, they, made to. Yeah. You must but, hate America. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're willing to sit, stay seated and say, I'm not standing and I'm not going to the office, they'll probably leave you alone. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And I think uh, Larkin Rose has a few thoughts on the inauguration today. And if you've got them as well, we'd love to hear from you. That is the point of the show, taking your calls about what you want to discuss. You can also, of course, change the topic. Uh, that if, uh, That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, freedom activists. If you're planning your move to New Hampshire, you know that Manchester is the heart of the free state. But finding an apartment when you're out of state can be a major pain in the... You need Prickle. Prickle has apartment rentals designed to meet your needs. There's no minimum length of stay. They accept payment in silver or gold. And responsible firearms owners are welcome. To find your new home in the heart of Manchester's growing Liberty Enclave, log on right now to Prickle.com. That's P-R-I-C-L dot com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line and... It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And Nick. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And the features uh, include all kinds of neat things like the wiki, over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. WIKI.freetalklive.com. According to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's PrivacyHarbor.com. As we continue, a lot of the calls have been focusing on, obviously, the big news of the day, uh, the Obama inauguration, your thoughts, your observations, what has happened to you today, uh, what conversations you might have uh, encountered if you're in government schools, what things were like. Also, what are your predictions for what's coming? I mean, we already said what we thought was going to happen. We'd love to hear what you think is coming next here. Uh, it's not anything good, I'll tell you that. More government, more intrusiveness, bigger state, more taxes. Look forward to all that coming soon as we go to your calls. Dave in New York, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Evening. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? <clears throat> Have you seen the latest promotional video for national service involving 30-plus top-tier Hollywood and uh, music uh, no. stars? I have not seen. What are they this? doing? Singing "We Are the World." Good Lord, thirty it, of them. It's it's on that parallel. It's some straight Hitlerian type stuff. Where does one find this? Uh, it's on Infowars.com. Okay. And um, it'll come up in the queue. It says Hollywood stars, this, that, and the other. Trust me, you'll know what it is. It's got Lucy Liu. 
It's got Anthony Kiedis. Who's that? It's got from the uh, uh, Chili Peppers, right? Huh? Chili Peppers. Yes, correct. I'm not I mean, seeing it. I just searched for Hollywood on uh, Infowars. Did not find it. Um, just go right to Infowars and let the uh, the skip through the little uh, picture thing where it repeats. This is something you might want to even put on the air. It'll blow your mind. Uh, I'll take your response off air. Thank you. Well, I haven't seen it yet, so I'll do what I can to find it. Hopefully one of our our, our pals out there, producers, can find us a link to it. Uh, it's really great that celebrities are out there pushing national service, even though most of them have probably never worked for the government in their life. Right. So they think that you should either do it or have to do it, even Serve though they've me. never done it. Yeah. Serve me. Right. And I, I don't really follow that. I mean, I understand the marketing aspect of it, but I don't... I don't really get the appeal of using Hollywood. I don't what see why they, uh, people are turning on Hollywood What if they offered you a check stars. for ten grand to do it? To work for the government? Oh, to, no, no, to make the movie? To do the commercial. It was a commercial. I mean, what, 30 okay. seconds, right? So, I mean, can't be that much. One day on set? Well, I wouldn't do it, but I guess if 20, I was only worried about the money, grand. would I do it? Yes. No. You won't do it for 20 grand? No. You need your head examined. Well, I would be a Hollywood star or a musician, remember, so 20 grand is like... No, 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 no. I'm saying they're offering you, Nick. To get Nick from Free Minds TV to do this. 20 grand. <laughs> if check. you're asking me to appear as Nick from Free Minds TV, I think that would kind of defeat the purpose. No, no, they, they, they're, they're, they're proving that uh, they, they can convert anybody. <laughs> I mean, you'll have to do a certain amount of acting. I'm going to say no. But you'd have to wave $20,000 in front of me to see how I'd actually react. <laughs> my wife would you? kick my ass all the way to the bank with that check, I can tell you that. <laughs> that, would be a tough, that would be a tough decision for anybody to make, wouldn't it? Yep. Well, because, I mean, if they're just saying service, then I guess it's not. It's what they're implying that I don't like, mm-hmm. not what they're explicitly saying. So uh, yeah, and this is I this. Know. I mean, this is going to be a, one of the ways for them to uh, pave the way for young people to get involved in this and to get excited about it. Well, you know, if Brad Pitt is excited about national service, and I don't know if Brad Pitt's in the commercial, so I probably shouldn't um, use his name, but just to use a name of a Hollywood star that a lot of people are enamored Say with, the guy, whatever his name. Oh, is. Yeah, well, he's not really a big star. Somebody cares about yeah, him. Yeah, that's true. But but to to see a uh, a big star, this is a pop culture world that we live in, and so if the stars are saying this is a good idea, then it must be a good idea because the Hollywood people are just so smart. It's a bad sign, I'll tell you that. In mo in limited in states where there's a limited government, you usually don't see huge drives for the youth to get involved with national service. But you did see it in places like, well, the extreme example is Nazi Germany, but. Communist states, I think. Israel. Lot, yeah, Israel, a lot of socialist states, which Israel is a socialist state. But most Germany, European countries have yeah, some, some level of this. Germany so. does. I mean, Germany today does, but they're a socialist state too, so it kind of signals the end. What state end. isn't socialist? Not very. I mean, much. really, that's what they are. Um, know, I guess you could argue that the Afghanistan under the Taliban was not really right, redistributive. So the- <laughs> so the- theocracy. Some kind of theocratic. <laughs> Mess. Well, let's continue with your phone calls and talk to Jake in Illinois. Jake, you are on Free Talk Live. Jake uh, in Illinois, you are on the air. Uh, hi, guys. Can you hear me all right? Just fine. What's on your mind, Jake? Well, I mean, what are the are these several celebrities going to get off their yachts and get out of their hot tubs <laughs> and uh, go into uh, government service? Is that, uh, are they going to are they going to serve, or they just want uh, the youth of America to do the work for them? That's I'd say want. the latter. Yeah, yeah that's what I they mean, want. 
they might have some photo ops where a celebrity will come out for a day or something and you know, dig, a, thing. dig a you know dig a hole in the ground or something like that so they can be photographed next Golden to the workers. Shovel. Right next to the next to the little people, uh, but you're absolutely right. The national service program, as it is proposed, as I understand it, is going to be targeting high schoolers and middle schoolers as well as college kids, and that's all. There, that's the only those are the only groups they're targeting to uh, bring in. Yeah, get them while they're young, just yep. like yep. The, the government schools. Get them while they're young, where they're where skulls are still mush, yep. where they have a you know brain cell working. Listen, it's refreshing listening to you guys because. I've been watching the news here about this inauguration, and I, I, I see, you know, this this uh, this sycophantic mania that's going on with the media, and it's so refreshing to tune you guys in. Uh, there's there are a couple other people that I've listened to that are also refreshing, like Glenn Beck uh, put some comments on, and Rush Limbaugh, uh, you know. Um, I think Mark's comments were spot on about this this thing happening, you know, just to these these people going crazy because this guy uh, happens to be a African American black guy, but the guy has done nothing, you know, uh he hasn't done anything. He's a great speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's look, you know, I'm I'm watching all these things and it's it's like they that he's going to with the wave of a wand he's going you know I don't I'm not going to have to pay my mortgage I'm not going to pay my gas bill uh you know I've already stopped paying <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're right, uh, and I appreciate the observations. However, I'd like to point out that Glenn Beck, while he seems to be coming in the right direction slowly, uh-huh. uh, I, I can't do anything but support that. But but Rush Limbaugh, I don't trust him for a moment. Uh, Rush Limbaugh is just uh, doing his thing. Now that it's a Democratic president, of course Rush Limbaugh is going to sound like a you know he's got a yeah. head on his shoulders. Did Rush when, Limbaugh sounds his very best when there is a Democrat in office or a Democrat majority or whatever. Right, but when it's oh, yeah. uh, when it's a Republican president, then Rush is behind all of the increases in the yep. state power, whatever it is. Is this, you know, the state is doing with a Republican president. Rush Limbaugh's the uh, the man up front apologizing for it all and, and making excuses for it. So he's going to sound good for the next four years until another, you know, if a, if a Republican is elected, then he'll go back to backing up the state just like he's always been. The thing is, he is so good as a Republican attack dog. I mean, uh-huh. you couldn't you couldn't wish for anything better than him to do that. Yes, he's totally a Republican attack dog, and I don't agree with his philosophy. Because you know, um, I'm 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 not a statist. He's a statist. Yep. And uh, but he is so good He's at what he does. Extraordinarily talented broadcaster. Ian and I saw him a few years ago speak at um, you know radio records talk radio seminar or whatever it was. And you know, I I just almost wet myself. He was so good. <laughs> Uh, it just excellent. Well, you know, I'll take the compliment. The I'll take the compliment that we were included in the same three shows. Like he mentioned, Rush and Free Talk Live in the same breath. I mean, that's a pretty big compliment for our show, considering he is, you know, th- the man who essentially is responsible for creating talk radio as it is yeah. today. So the guy deserves well, credit where credits too. I think you guys are consistently refreshing in in, in your slant, and I, I just want to let you know that that I appreciate it. And that's all I have to say. Well, thank have you, a, Jake. Have a, a pleasant evening. You too. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. And uh, I did find the link to this video, so we'll take a look at it here uh, coming up in moments and comment in a I moment. D- I did want to say I've heard a lot of people saying that he's a really great speaker. The way he was speaking, though, really creeped me out because I feel like... Rush Limbaugh or Barack Obama? Barack Obama, because I feel like he's got 
sort of a God complex. He's going, like his speech was trying to be messianic. People treat him that way. Yeah. That's dangerous, though, for him to yeah, be starting is. out with this kind of, he'll get, uh, if he doesn't have a head on his shoulders already, he'll yeah, have if he's, one. If he's feeling messianic, we'll crucify him later. Don't All worry. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything even in these remaining moments. Uh, perhaps enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And Nick. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. If you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live... You can learn how to promote Free Talk Live by going to promote.freetalklive.com. A whole list of things you can do, most of them completely free, some of them very low cost. See the list and uh, help us out. Get the show in more ears over at promote.freetalklive.com. Uh, we continue here with your phone calls. Dana is on the line in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dana. Hi. Hey, what's on I your mind tonight? I just tuned into your show a little bit ago, so you may have discussed some of the things that have been bothering me after I watched the inauguration on TV earlier today, Mm -hmm. and my brain has had some time to mull it around. I have some things that I don't know if other people notice, but they bother me, like since Obama is in the White House, representative primarily of the support from the black people, does that mean we're through now with their attitude that we all owe them something because they're insistent? Well, now, hold on slaves? a second. I think you're being a little collectivist there, uh, Dana. There are individuals out there in this world, and some of them may have an attitude that they feel as though they're owed. But I'd like to point out that there are people that have uh, that have white skin that feel as though they're owed something as well. So I think you need to be very careful uh, with putting people into groups that don't necessarily belong there. But I do, I do agree with her in one sense is that I I think that look um, if if you wanted an equal basis you know whether you're white or black and felt that uh, blacks have been discriminated against or whatever and I will agree with you that there's discrimination going on in in the government but I think that you know this is it he's made it to, uh, a black man has made it to president you can do anything you want to do and it doesn't matter what color your skin is you can that's what too. I hope that is what I hope the majority of the black people attitude changed to I hope that very much, but it just brings questions to my mind about where do we go from here with that old attitude of their ancestors. And I noticed the final count of everybody there, I don't know if y'all got glimpses of all of that mass population that was there today for hours in the cold, was 1.5 million people. I heard two. Did you hear two million? Yeah. Well, and when the reporters were interviewing people all over the place or the TV cameras were scanning the population, the majority of everybody was black. Now, I'm not saying all of those people were unemployed, but I'm curious. We have so many people unemployed in this country right now. How did they get the funds to get there? Well, I mean, just because they took the... Many employers gave the day off, Dana. I mean, I I understand. I wouldn't have taken the day off. off is a drop in the bucket. It doesn't cost a lot. Gas isn't very expensive. You pile into a car with four or five other people. Well, you probably uh, probably have unemployment benefits. Had to stay stay in Washington. You couldn't have driven in um, into Washington last night. There wouldn't have been enough hotel room, though. Some of the bands that were marching had to, to stay... Many miles away because yeah. you couldn't get close to D.C. in regards to motel or places to stay. 
And there's one thing else I noticed. I recorded this stuff today just wow. for the heck of it. Obama screwed up on his oath really bad. So did Georgie Porgy. Now, mm-hmm. how does that affect their true effectiveness and sincerity and consciousness of the person stating the oath if they don't say it right? Well, it's does clear that, that it's voidable? Seems- yeah, it seems clear that it's it's just more evidence that the Constitution is not in effect. I mean, if they yeah, don't they, even have to say their oath correctly. I felt like he took his uh, speech after the const- after the swearing in far more seriously than he took the swearing in. I all I got to hear was on the radio. I absolutely, you're absolutely correct on target on that one. That speech he gave was so grabbing, but his oath was almost comical to him. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I didn't get to see his I face. I think if you screw it up, you should be forced to start over. That justice should have made him start over. But George W. Bush did the same thing, and look how he treated our country. There you go, Dana. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I don't think she was intending to to be uh, racist there, but it certainly came off a little a little bit well, like yeah. you're gen- making generalizations it, it, about people it, because yeah. of their skin color. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired personally, t- just like her, just like she said. I'm tired now. I'm not going to um, you know paint the brush on everybody, but I'm tired of hearing excuses based on race for not achieving things. Barack Obama, uh, you know, it, it's he he didn't prove that he didn't break the glass ceiling. He proved that the glass ceiling wasn't there. Somebody else before him could have got, been elected. I think that if Colin Powell would have run run in two thousand and four against Bush, that he would have had a very good chance of of winning. You know, so I, I don't. I think America's been ready for a black president for some time now. He and just hasn't been an electable candidate. I right, mean, absolutely true. You had Al Sharpton running, but clearly most Americans wouldn't vote for a white guy so who said the same I'm thing. I'm not that saying Al there's not bigotry, says. but people get discriminated against for all kinds of different reasons. So if you use the discrimination as a crutch, I, I, I just don't see how you can do that any longer. That's no, what I'm I, saying. I, I, yeah, I, I completely agree with your point. We go to the amp lines. Who's this? You're unscreened. Uh, yeah, this is Glenn, Missouri. Glenn, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, yeah, yeah, I was just calling about uh, that video that's up on InfoWars. I, I saw that earlier today up on some other sites. Yep, I found it on and, uh, I found it on Google by searching for celebrities and uh, Obama service. Celebrities, yeah, Obama I, service made it. Come I don't up. know if you've heard the whole thing, but it's it's a bunch of them all pledging to do these little bitty crappy things, like I'll trade my SUV for a hybrid and stuff like that. Right. But at the end. They all start saying, I am a servant of the president. Oh, boy. That's kind of, kind of scary, huh? That's, that is creepy. Of the president? They actually, we haven't, we didn't get to the end of the video, but they don't say of my country. They say of my president. Yes. That's, yeah, wow. that is scary. That's when they changed the uh, the swearing in oath for the uh, for the German military, they, they switched it to swearing to the Fuhrer, the Fuhrer. instead of really? Germany. Mm. That Usually once you start swearing oaths to, to or saying you're a servant of the leader instead mm. of the country. You pretty Fascism's much here. Yeah, it's pretty much a cult of Ring personality. That's amazing. Any other thoughts, Glenn? Hey, hey, I got something else too. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I know there's been uh, questions raised uh, about you know what should say a, a liberty-minded police officer do? You know, should they quit their job? What about people who work for the government? You know, what they, should they do? And I thought, well, well, one option is. Um, you know, the Christian concept of tithing, where, you know, they give 10% to the church. In this case, it would be they would give 10% to liberty or causes that support liberty. I think that's a fine idea. Or another concept of that is that all these environmentalists that are guilty for driving their their SUVs 
that uh, you have, they have the the carbon offsets where yeah. they they contribute money to 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 salve their their guilt uh, you know for their their use of oil and stuff. So they're like a liberty offset. People. I don't know why they don't come to me. I'll sell them a tree. I mean, here, I'll put a plaque on the tree for him. I've got trees coming out my butt. I like the idea, Glenn, of, uh, of a liberty offset. That's a cool idea for those uh, people that believe in liberty but still find themselves working for a government. Make a point of, of contributing at least a nice percentage of your sweet, sweet government paycheck uh, to liberty-oriented organizations like Free Talk Live's AMP program. Glenn, thanks for the right, call, man. Right. So then they continue to do whatever, whatever they do within their job. They're an officer. They, you know, they may let some people go if they catch them with pot or whatever right. they do or whatever they can do. But but then they also can help the liberty movement by contributing in other ways. I like it. Thanks for the idea. Let's continue here and talk again to a different amper, uh, AMP caller. Hello. Unscreen call. You're on the air. Hey, this is Anthony in uh, Canada. What's on your mind, Anthony? Um, well, you're talking about the inauguration, and uh, I'm going – I'm taking a college class out here. It's a, a short course, and keep in mind this is Canada. Um so I get to school today, and our the first block of our class was canceled for the inauguration. Wow! So in Canada, class would start there. in Canada. It normally, yeah, yeah. Normally, class would start at nine o'clock. <laughs> it wasn't until ten thirty. Uh, they had it on in the atrium. What were they? And what were they watching from nine? Huge. What were they watching What's from that? nine to ten thirty? I mean, the the the, the, the swearing in wasn't until noon. He could be in a different time zone. It was it was nine Pacific. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, yeah, so the teacher is a big Obama fan, mm-hmm. and uh, it just so happened we were discussing communication skills today. So she, we get back to class later. She goes, "How many people watched it?" And a couple raised their hand. And how many people just don't care? And a few people raised their hand. I was one of them. And she tried tried to equate it to if you just don't care about something, if you're talking to somebody. That just shows that you have a negative outlook on life, and you just you're really negative and pessimistic. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> bad said, you know, for not caring about what I care about. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. And I said, you know, I, I'm very passionate about a lot of things. I just don't give a damn about Obama. Because you understand that he's yeah. just another tyrant, and I wish yep. we had more time. But thank you for the call, dude. Appreciate it. Uh, quickly, JP in Toronto, you get the last ten seconds. Go. JP in Toronto. And he's got now five seconds. Okay, uh, thanks, JP. The last uh, the last caller, you know, talked about how you know he's sort of ostracized by the uh, the leader there for not feeling the same way. Happened to me today on that call in. I got called a bigot because I quoted Martin Luther King, said that um, the Obama's colors shouldn't matter. Somebody called in right after that and said I had racist tendencies. Wow. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.